This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 239, recording this live Monday morning. That's June 22nd, 2015. Suffering from a Father's Day hangover. Not really. A Father's Day love hangover. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me as usual, now losers of two out of the last three games, where bullpen blew both games. Home of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, this is Asif Khan in Toronto of the Location-Based Marketing Association. (laughs) Very disappointed in my Blue Jays in the last two games. Brutal. Uh, Yeah. How do you score nine runs and a lose? I don't know. I mean, I thought, first of all, they, when they were down 7 nothing yesterday in the second inning, I thought, okay, they're not going to win this one. And then they come back. The offense can come back. But, you know, it's, uh, this bullpen is driving me bonkers right now. It's just, I can't, I can't take it. Nope. We need a closer. Go get a closer. I've, I've read uh, many articles this morning uh, literally about them saying, uh, oh, you know, should the Blue Jays go out and get a closer and make a run? I'm like, uh, they're making a run. This is their season. They don't have. Yeah. There's no other talent that they can get. Josh Donaldson, right? This is the season. Go get a goddamn closer. They got to do something. Close something. Eject, eject the bullpen. Anyway, Steve, how are you? Maybe man? They're, they're they're probably waiting a week because uh, you know it's it's the NHL draft this week, and so they don't want to get caught up in the news cycle of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, you know. It's, don't they want to have some good news in Toronto? Yeah, it's like crazy. they got to balance the bad news from uh, the Leafs. Uh, I don't know. So, Asif, a pretty, uh, pretty uh, quiet week for you. Well, one trip, um, and uh, you know, maybe you you jumped one time zone, but it was still in the United States. I don't know. I don't know about this. You're gonna you're gonna get lazy on us. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Well, you know, it's that summertime. I was in Chicago last week. Uh, got to actually see the Stanley Cup uh, at the end of the parade there. Cool. Came to my hotel, so that was kind of cool. Stop and- by and say hi. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they knew I was going to be there, so they brought it over, and yeah, they just, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, no, it was, it was uh, yeah, it, it was a very light week, uh, and even lighter this week. I'm not traveling anywhere uh, other than uh, to the office downtown and uh, some meetings in town this week, and yeah, it's uh, it's the summer, right? It's, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, officially, yes. Conference season slows down, and uh Few little trips here and there over the summer. Uh, lots of vacation stuff and and uh, family uh, excursions uh, on the horizon for the next uh, couple months. So, we'll you know we'll uh, do what we got to do to get this show done. Why aren't you with the uh, Urban Airship guys in uh, in Cairns? Right, I see these all these posts from Brent Hagelke, who's the uh, chief mobile evangelist for they, Urban Airship. They invited me, I, I but I, I like I just couldn't do it. I'm Come like, on. I'm not I'm not doing it. It's uh, you know what I was the end of last week is the, was the Banff uh, Television Festival, which historically you know, I've, yeah. I've always gone. I said no, nope, not coming this year. I got you know I just I, I, I need a break. And then and then I got asked to go come to the Con Festival this week. I said nope, not going. 
I, I just I, like I'm, I'm done, man. Hey, like you I, know? just between you and I, Khan. Um, I, look, if you ever need a surrogate, you need somebody to go on your behalf to Khan. I am okay with with saying, oh no, I can't go, but but uh, my twin brother Rob is ready yes. to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Um, yeah, and it, you know Father's Day, all that. I mean, I just couldn't do it. It's just yeah. it's just not happening. So. Um, We'll see if I uh, if I uh, if I pick up that mantle next next year and go there. But uh, um, I have been. It's a good. They're they're both great events, Banff yeah. and and the Con Festival. And um, yeah, you know, it just it, for for me, you know, doing the same thing every single year. There's there's a you know, it doesn't have the same payback or benefit. So you know, I, I sort of have to you know skip it every once in a while. Be selective. Remember why you 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 go. That's that's the key. Yes. So yeah. there you go. Well, do you ever find yourself uh, lying around in bed when you're sitting at home after not traveling, you know, traveling so far, so often as you have, and and then waiting for room service, calling out your wife, call, <laughs> picking up the phone and say like, "What? Where's my breakfast? Where's my stuff?" Come but on! But you know what? With Father's Day, that oh. kind of it's kind of there, right? Like it's like uh, you know, it was it was one of those days yesterday where I, I actually um, didn't really want the breakfast in bed. I really just wanted to sleep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but you know it's fine. You know what do you say to your kids? Get as you here. say, you're overwhelmed with love, so it was good. It's right, drunk on love, hungover on love. Um, well, yes, and 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 I think that that's that's the important part. And and it's going to be an interesting summer because it is kind of relaxed. Uh, you know, it's always a test for you, right, to come home in the summer. Yes, hang out, but it's going to be busy nonetheless. Well, you know, we've got uh, the news doesn't stop, and I think that you know as people kind of recover from what was a pretty damn busy season. And uh, in this space and in many spaces in the economy, um, the news doesn't stop. And I think that smart companies have a tw- you know a 12-month news cycle. There's always something going on. And you'll see some of the stories here where, where just because there's downtime for everybody else doesn't mean that there's downtime for some of these companies that are thinking about how they're going to uh, you know launch in the fall or propel themselves in the fall. And that's why we've got these 10 great stories that we're going to go through today. Some of them are amazing. Um, some of them are ridiculous. Some of them are blunders in marketing. Some of them are exceptional marketing, uh, you know, initiatives. But uh, but you don't have anything planned for this week. There's no LBMA events coming up I- until when? Like September, man. Um, officially, there's. Uh, I don't think there's anything on until. Um, let me just take a look. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any real um, official like LBMA uh, branded events until. Uh, until September, there are some conferences. There's a mobile payments conference in August that uh, that we're involved in, um, and there will be. I, I just in talking to some of the chapter uh, presidents out there, that I, I know some of them are going to throw some just kind of summer meetup things, like for drinks and kind of just networking things, get people together, but like not content uh, educational stuff going on. So uh, you know, just leverage the summer and the patio season and. You know, get people together. So there, there will be some of those. We're going to have one of those uh, towards the end of July uh, here in Toronto um, that we'll announce uh, shortly. But um, that's about it, really, for for the summer. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because my last couple of weeks have been very busy. I've been doing many presentations and and some keynotes and enjoying myself immensely. I'm heading off to Vancouver towards the end of this week, and in fact, tomorrow, Tuesday night, June 23rd of year in Ottawa. We Are Wearables is invading here in Ottawa. So That's I'm right. going to be uh, hosting or doing some uh, uh, running the panel there, which is which is great. And I'm very excited about that. Over 100 people registered for that. So that's uh, We Are Wearables in Ottawa. Of all places, Ottawa. My goodness. Should uh, be good. It will be good. I'm enjoying it. For those of you who don't know, Ottawa does have 
a burgeoning wearable community. And two of the companies that, that are going to be on the panel uh, tomorrow night are companies that I've interviewed on, on Tether.tv because, you know what, I do like to showcase what's going on in the city, this great, fine city called Ottawa, which is not Toronto. And we, have a te- we have a baseball team that is, I think, a Can-Am team called the Ottawa Champions. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You have the Blue Jays, I have the Champions. The Champions. Yes. All right, why don't we say we jump into the top 10 stories of this past week? We get through them pretty quickly. There's some good stories here. Can't wait to rip through some. Rip them a new a-hole, if you will. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But it's your turn to start, so why don't we kick off this week's top 10 stories? Hold on one second. The last thing we have to do is listen to a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into the top 10 stories. I promise. So here is our sponsor, Think Near. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's Kate Walling, Senior Marketing Manager at Thinknear, to remind us what they Thinknear do. Thinknear is helping brands reach all of us on our mobile devices so that we don't have to think and so that we have this helpful experience, find the solution that we need and just basically make our life easier. Part of making a great product is building a great team. And to do that, you need to create a great work environment. So what is it like to work at Thinknear? It's a lot of fun. We're very, very scrappy. We're a team first and we're a business second. It's fun from a technology perspective because we're using the latest technologies and good practices uh, for building software. Our team lives and breathes location. We actually literally dream about it too. So that's a joke, is the joke and the obvious is we, we all have these crazy dreams at night about location. We play Halo together, we play basketball together, we play ping pong together, we do meals together. There's a basketball court in the parking lot that gets a lot of use, there's the ping pong table, and it's just a very social, collaborative group. We also, we're a team that care, we care a lot about each other, and I think whenever you're in a, an environment where you're, you're working hard and working at the edge of things, that always helps. For our engineers specifically, don't let anyone schedule meetings with them in the afternoons. And for anyone who's an engineer and has constant meetings all day, they can appreciate that our engineers has six hours every day with no meetings scheduled. And they love that. Think Near, where engineers can't wait until noon. And now, back to the show. Yeah, so, so uh, before I actually get into the story, you know, this week was interesting because, or, or, or the last few days have been interesting because I've been getting all sorts of emails and stuff from LBMA member companies or people connected to the LBMA who, like, there's just been a lot of interesting little activity. People launching new companies, people getting bought, you know, just all kinds of news going on, new products, whatever. And the first story is, um, you remember Grid Skipper? Uh, this company that was built this uh, location-based SDK um, for developers, uh, and they got acquired last fall, back in November, by Social Radar. Uh, and I was on a panel with these guys back in the fall. Like I think it was the week after they got acquired. I was on this panel with these guys, and it was just a lot of activity around what they were doing and, and the Social Radar integration. Well. Basically, the guys from that team um, who, who went with, uh, into Social Radar with the acquisition have uh, re-emerged. They've left Social Radar and they've started a new company now called Parkour Method. Yeah, you heard me right. Parkour Method. P-A-R-K-O-U-R Method. Um, and basically, they're describing this as Social Radar 2.0. It's the next generation of sort of underlying um, uh location data for developers. Um, they've already, they, so they've left the company, uh, um, and it's been two weeks since they left Social Radar. They've already uh, secured uh, funding, 
They've already signed the first customers in the retail space, apparently. Uh, I had a chat with these guys last week on the phone, um, and basically they're trying to power developers with the next generation of location data, um, which really is centered around context in particular. And so they've gone beyond just pure location, which is what the GridSkipper platform was, was really focused on, and helping combine that with other information like understanding whether the, the user or the device, if you will, is indoors or outdoors, whether it's in, you know, the person is driving or walking or cycling. or So they're using all the sensor data that we've been talking about, you know, not that different. And, and we have another story that talks about, you know, sensor and motion data later on uh, in the show today. But this is where, you know, the industry is moving. It's not just location by itself, but it's how you combine that with all the sensor data to, to bring some context around it. And so parkour method is is focused on that it, again it's a development platform it's an SDK for developers uh, who are building mobile apps to leverage this uh, and you know the same thing that they did with location with the grid skipper platform that social radar sought value in now they're taking it to the next level so there you go uh, parkour method check it out um, lots to come from that from those guys uh, in the next little while what you know is it uh, how close is this to what Ellie Portnoy is doing with this you know it ties in obviously with all of the sensors and and uh, yeah all, all these guys whether it's it's sense 360 yeah. or um, you know what we're gonna talk about a little bit later in the show with uh, with the ad tile stuff um, you know this is where the you know this is sort of the next generation of uh, of location and context right you know is is this you know sensor driven you know platforms and development around it so um, you know, it, it, it's a hot space, and, and there, that's where, from my perspective, and obviously, you know, these guys have seen it too. But uh, the investment dollars are starting to roll into this, uh, into this, this part of the industry right now. Parkour, obviously, it's a take on, on hurting yourself on concrete walls. Or, or uh, you know, movement tracking, motion, yeah. hurt, pain, falling, pain, falling, falling, yeah, yeah. losing you your teeth, know. yes. Or, or as I like to say, with like th that moment when you're watching TV with your kids, and you, I can't even look at the screen. Like, oh, you know that? You ever watch <laughs> parkour accidents? Now, when you're watching TV, what about ads, bro? Well, I love ads, don't you, Asif? Yes. Oh my God, it's so great. I actually uh, am the biggest guy who uh, I, I wait for the first ten minutes of the show to begin, so that I can start over and then fast forward through the ads. That's I, like, I, I, I must be. There must be many people like that, or. What I what I'll do is I'll just record the show because there are a few ads and I can actually skip through the ads very well. Very and that's quickly. what I, I mean. I PVR almost everything now. And I everything. Fast, you know, fast forward through ads. But you know what? I've even gotten to the point where it, this is. I mean, I have it on. I have it on PVR, and then I'll just go and download it. Right? I'll just go download yeah. the show or go watch it on on even even if I'll watch it on uh, whatever website, CTV's website or whatever it is, because they don't often have the ads. Right? They'll have one ad, right. and it cuts it down. Um, and the reason I download it is because, for example, is that if I'm watching it, I can actually bring it on a plane with me and then I can watch it in double speed. Because oftentimes <laughs> I, I'll watch TV shows in, in double speed simply because I don't have the time to watch them. So I get the gist of it. Got it. Is that sad? That's the kind of life that... That is sad. <laughs> that is so that sad. That is sad, dude. So sad. Uh, it's yeah. efficient, man. Well, it, it, what we're talking about here is an announcement by Roku and uh, and Innovid. They've, they've teamed up to create something called they, they call interactive ads. And there is a location-based uh, contextual environment here as well that we're going to talk about in a second that it may that involves SMS as well in, in a pretty lame way. But um, this is literally, the way I can describe this is banner ads for television. And we've seen them all over the place. In fact, in Hockey Night in Canada, which is a bastion here in Canada, not so much anymore, but on CBC, 
They had this screen. It's like during the playoffs, during the uh, Senators game, you know, and they often have this score on the bottom of the screen at all times. Uh, and they popped up a banner ad for Canadian Tire over the entire score for, you know, for 30 seconds. Nobody knew what was going on. It took up a third of the screen. It was the most ridiculous thing. And if you Google it, people complained obviously venomously around this because this is our nation's nation's game and they tried to put an ad on it i cannot believe it but this is what it is it's a banner ad for roku television set it's done it's powered by Inovid, and it's contextually aware so if the ad that comes up as a is a car and you want some more information you use the remote on the on your roku box to be able to get some more information and they include things like quizzes and they include interactive videos and anything that you would expect from a third or second screen experience on that first screen so it interrupts the ad and it goes off and does does what it what it wants to do, which is basically takes over the screen and plays these things. And uh, one one of the interesting pieces of it is that they'll add location contextual information about location. So if you're looking at a car, it will actually bring up where the car is available. If you're looking at a restaurant, it can bring up specials right. and deals and those things that you would expect. So it's all contextually aware. And then there's a piece here of SMS technology that enables you to you know, be notified when your television show is on and that you should be watching it. And so it'll send you an SMS to tell you to watch TV. So that's closing the loop. But I, I, I don't mind this other than the fact that it's a, you know, it's just another banner ad. And you know how much I think about banner ads. So when I see something like this, it's mean, it means uh, there's a great comment that I saw on TechCrunch. And I echo this. It's like, oh, I was literally just about to go and purchase my fifth Roku device today. Then I saw this. It won't be happening now. Or something like this. Awesome. I look forward to purchasing a new Chromecast to avoid this crap. Which I think is very, very apropos. Because I don't understand. Banner ads are dead. The last thing I want to do, it. I need a much more seamless experience. So they're they're scrambling here. I I don't like banners on my television, and we see them all over the time. But at least maybe now I can actually turn them off. Do you think, Asif? Wouldn't that be the greatest thing you could do? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'm with you. I'm generally, uh, you know, I skip advertising on television. I, I I mean, I definitely don't like banners. I mean, if we have to have them, at least they're contextual. At least if yeah. somebody's going to respond to them. Hey, it's location based. I can find the, the you know the car dealership you know or whatever near me. Okay, um, so I guess if it's if if I if someone is going to engage with it, at least they've made it so that it's you know it actually works. It's relevant. Yep. Um, Big names though. They got uh, CBS News, CBS oh, Sports, CNET, GameSpot. Like these are good. These are huge. Like CBS is big. Yeah, yeah, and and they've got big advertisers yeah. too on the network. So like Kraft, McDonald's, Microsoft. I saw. Yeah, but you know so, what? I, I think that they're big, but then I often think that, you know, um, wow, they're also in s serious decline, all of those companies, right? McDonald's is suffering. Microsoft is suffering. Crap, Mondelez is not suffering, right? But but I think, no. wow, like these are all the desperate companies that are in there. Best Buy is another advertiser, right? Chrysler is another advertiser. So I, I think that sometimes, you know, they were big brands, perceptively you know perception is that they're big band brands but but they're also the big brands that are suffering immeasurably right now yeah but you know what though Rob like if, if you're creating a startup or if you're a new a, a new technology company the, yeah. I mean these, these are the, are the guys companies. that are gonna take the chances right because yeah. they have to yes so uh, you know it's it's sort of you, you know I, I hear you but at the same time you know for for the entrepreneurs out there you know these are your target brands. strategy should be finding distressed brands first yeah. And going to them because that's that that's what works. Uh, this is, I mean, I, I look. I applaud the location. Sears has been ranked in the top three of mobile innovators for yeah. the last like ten years. Has it helped their business? 
No. They try everything. <laughs> they invest in everything because they have to. My favorite is, is curbside returns. Yeah. Right? Like, don't even come in. We don't even care enough about you to come in and treat you well. Just stay in your car in the scorching heat. But you know what? I, I, um, I applaud this kind of contextual trying to bring context into it. It's just that the, the deployment mechanism, the banner ad, is not something I ever want to see on a television set. That's all. And the only time I want to see it is pop-up videos. That, those were amazing because they told great stories, right? So maybe if there's a, an element of storytelling in here and you kind of, you know, you dispel advertising and you replace it with, uh, with good storytelling on top mm. of these ads, it makes a big difference because pop-up pop videos was one of my favorite things to watch. I used to, I loved it because it gave you the behind-the-scenes stuff. So you know what, Roku, Innovate, how about pop-up advertising you know Stupid. there you go I know. all right our next story our third story uh one of our fantastic member companies great supporter of the lbma and retail loco uh venue labs the, this is uh, neil chris uh company out of seattle has been acquired by groupon and uh so i've been talking to neil for a while uh sort of knew that uh, something was in the in the offing after the last number of months but uh, here we are, uh, Groupon basically has acquired this company. Groupon happens to have their second biggest operation outside of uh, Seattle, or outside of uh, sort of San Francisco is, is in Seattle. Um, and so they have a, a, a team there, over 250 people. And so the, uh, the um, Venue Labs team will be joining the Seattle office uh, there. And uh, this is going to be integrated into Groupon's Pages uh, service. So this is a Yelp-like platform that gives local businesses a landing page uh, for customers to basically you know, learn about that merchant and whatever else. And if you're not familiar with the Venue Labs platform, it is a social monitoring, uh, location-based social listening platform, if you will. So helps brands understand the conversation and the sentiment around their brand at an individual location level. So it's not just, hey, here's what people are saying about McDonald's on Twitter, uh, but here's what people are saying about this McDonald's at this intersection uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Foursquare and Instagram and everything else. Um, so really good, uh, happy for these guys, uh, well done. Uh, so Groupon acquires Venue Labs. Money, 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 money. Yeah, there you Where go. You know? Well, speaking of money, talking about a company that hasn't made a lot, but has spent a lot. It's one of my favorite companies on the planet. Yeah. The single greatest company ever invented will be the most valuable company ever, ever, ever invented ahead of Apple. They just taken the long road. That's all. The company's name is Amazon. Did you know that this company spent $8.7 billion in shipping costs last year? Crazy. That's only just about 10% of the sales almost nine billion dollars in shipping I, uh, my guess is that uh, how much of that, that so it's 10 percent of their actual sales is is done uh, they spend on shipping but um, like how much what a, what a blow it would be to the shipping industry if amazon stopped shipping yeah like it's crazy like you talk about an economic indicator is the amount of money and that's up so amazon is shipping more and they're, so they obviously are looking for ways so that they can actually reduce that cost because that's what Amazon does. They look at the cost and like, oh my God, $9 billion in shipping. Nine Even billion. if they cut that down by like 2%, it's like... It's crazy. It's $2 billion. Yeah. $2 billion. 
Um, so, and, and then, you know, jobs would be lost as a result of that in the shipping industry. It's crazy to think about this, but so what are they going to do? They're trying to turn us into mules. That's the best thing that I can do. It takes me back to this great movie. I think it was great. When I watched it, it was great. I was 29. It was 1999. The company was called Broke Down Palace. It starred a young Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale. And these two girls went, they finished uh, school and they went off to Thailand. I don't know if you saw this, Sissy, but they went no. off to Thailand. And uh, they, uh, you know, just uh, to celebrate and blow off some steam. And, and uh, they met a handsome young man who asked them to come to Hong Kong and carry a package with them across the border. They get arrested. I'm telling you the whole story, but they got arrested and then thrown into jail and sentenced to 33 years in prison for being drug traffickers. Like, this is the, one of those horror stories that you hear. But this is true. I mean, it's the don't, don't take packages when i traveled in asia the only thing my mother said to me was just don't accept packages don't travel with anybody else's stuff don't travel with anybody else's stuff so when i saw claire and kate doing it i said oh don't do it and then they got arrested so they spent this is this is the story 33 years and now i think that amazon is trying to make us do the same thing with this brand new service called on my way it's not out yet it may never come out yet because amazon has done everything on the planet in their power to be able to mitigate the cost of of shipping they've tried yellow cabs they've signed up uh, uh, trials with uber they've done a whole bunch of things and now they want us we the humans to carry the packages for you so this is basically a service that hasn't launched may never launch but they want us to actually they'll stockpile products that are around us and then we'll help deliver those products just like an uber-like service but with us as mules for carrying packages. I, you know, this is what Amazon has to do or else, you know what? We could all end up in prison. I think that's a lesson that I've got here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about this. I, 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 um, they have to do something, but I think that their best bet is to just go and buy Uber. But maybe that ship has flown. Ship is. Sailed. I don't know. I don't Planet know. Planet has flown. Spaceship has flown. That, that'd be a good move. Well, you know, they, they've tried everything, everything. And Walmart looked at doing something like this a couple of years ago where they wanted to do customer-to-customer uh, -customer delivery yes. as well, and, and they scrapped it. But Amazon, uh, I mean, um, maybe now's the time that Walmart should be looking at this. And Amazon is just the innovative type of company that can do it. Like, I mean, they're talking about delivering packages by drones because it's so expensive. So they're trying to create an entire industry around delivery through drones. We have a story about drones later. Well, exactly. And NASA is going to get involved in this. Not so. to shoot them down. Um, no. But I, I don't know. Uh, th th there's so much. Like, we've seen so many different videos, home videos of, of uh, you know, UPS drivers stealing things from, from uh, you know, uh, homes that they're delivering to, crushing stuff, destroying packages packages by accident so uh, I'm, I'm not sure that that i trust people to deliver packages like this um but you know there's a whole bunch of services out there that are already started to do this and and amazon is one of them because they do um day, you know same day delivery for their amazon fresh stuff by bike couriers and they've outsourced all those so but it's a bonded company that has insurance presumably so uh this is this is they have to do it Innovative companies have to innovate and when you've got nine billion dollars uh, nine billion dollar expense every year and growing and it's, there's no abatement for that. They have to start to look at new ways to to kind of cut those costs. So there you go. Amazon, greatest, greatest company on the planet. All right. Our fifth story. One of my uh, favorite uh, retailers, uh, I don't know why, but uh, I spend a lot of time there. I like their stuff, uh, is Ted Baker. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so these guys, you know, they, they've been trying all sorts of things. You know, one of the things I like about Ted Baker, besides their clothes, 
is um, they you know they, they invest heavily in experimenting with technology. So they've done you know the mannequins that are tracking you in their stores with the beacons built in. They've done uh, gesture-enabled screens and in, in windows. They do all sorts of things. Um, and their next uh, thing here uh, is that they've uh, completely rebuilt their um, what they're calling an online virtual store. So basically using 360 degree camera uh, technology and creating panoramas of the actual Shoreditch store. Uh, now you can go online and you can basically walk through the store as if you were actually there and experience it in full uh, panoramic photography. Um, you know, browse through the aisles, browse the actual racks, um, see the stuff as if you, you were physically in the store with that level of detail and graphic uh, capability. And, you know, I like this story. I pulled this story out because, you know, it, it, it talks to a bigger trend that we're seeing in the industry of this need to sort of bridge uh, the online and the offline experiences together. And, and so uh, a lot of research has, has come out. Um, they found that, um, that uh, we're, we're, let me just pull up the numbers here before I, uh, you know, I, I just make this, make this up. But uh, they, uh, found, they find that when, when people see this kind of experience online, they're able to actually sort of almost touch and feel, not quite because you're not there, but uh, to be able to actually see the stuff on the racks and, and kind of visualize it in, in a better way than just a normal e-commerce experience, that um, it reduces returns, uh, they say, uh, for, for normal online shopping by 23%. Uh, huge, huge uh, savings in, in, in returns uh, because you know, there's this, just this better online experience that's almost like being physically in the store. Uh, so there's, you know, I mean, just that alone, for me justifies you know the, the need for more people to do this um, apparently Under Armour also has stores that are like this 80% uh, Under Armour strategy is that their online experience should be 80% storytelling and 20% commerce um, that that's how they view the online experience uh, and so it, it's a big trend that we're seeing right now this this idea of what you see in the physical store should be replicated online, and that should be your experience. And we, and, and I think it was what was the uh, it was a luxury brand. Um, I don't think it was Gucci, but somebody like that. We covered a story like this a few they months. Built the back. store that vir the the, uh, the virtual store. Yeah, yeah, where they yeah. had basically a, a layout of a store on a, yeah. On a website. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, this is something that we're seeing more and more, especially in these luxury retail brands. Uh, and it makes sense, right? Uh, people want to experience the, uh, and, and if I can shop that way, I'm all for it. So good on Ted Baker for doing this. Uh, I expect more of this kind of stuff from, from other brands as we go. But if you go to Ted Baker's website at uh, tedbaker.com, right, is that, uh, it's beautiful. Like it's mm -hmm. stunning. And it, and it reminds me of this, like I, I don't often shop online and I don't, and I don't, I'm not, so you've heard my, my challenges with the gap and that entire company yeah, the yeah. gap is closing what how many stores now 200 stores 250 or something yeah. it's because it's because they're crappy at marketing right they, they've marketed themselves as a discount and they've discounted themselves out of the store right when you discount your prices by 30 or 40 percent you you well it shouldn't be a shock that you're gonna have to close 30 to 40 percent of your freaking stores right i mean it's yeah. just it's logic here and and so they, they've hit the bo bottom of the barrel but when you look at companies when you look at companies like ted baker and another one that, that I just, I, I came across because of Tim Ferriss's podcast, 
which you should listen to. Um, yes. Called uh, and th this is called Huckberry, and it's at Huckberry.com, and their emails. I, like I subscribed because I don't know because I follow Tim Ferriss, and and he said to do it, and I'm a lemming, and I did. Um, and uh, it shows you that podcast advertising works, by the way. But Huckberry's website at Huckberry.com, H-U-C-K-B-E-R-R-Y.com, is a beautiful website. Same thing. It's experiential. And so, like, they tell things, they sell product by story, the exact same thing as what you were, what you were talking about with, with uh, Ted Baker. Yeah. That it, it, and the emails are so rich, and the imagery is so rich, and it's like... You can relate to it, and and, well, uh, and, and it's, it's this idea that I talk about all the time of you know a location is not just a physical no. store, it's not just a building, it's 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 a destination wherever you are, right? Yep. And if I'm online, and you can create a physical, almost a physical experience for me while I'm I'm there, you know that to me is a location. I'm there right now. Uh, engage me, yep. um, you know, create an experience for me, and and make it happen, and and, and you'll be rewarded. Well, they've done, these two companies have done um, an amazing thing. And I think that any retailer who, who is anybody worth their weight should be looking at these guys because they tell it, they tell things in a story. They don't just push product out and discount the crap out of the product. And the, both of these guys, if you look at them, they're rich. They're rich environments and the products are not cheap. So, but, but it creates a want. And, you know, the way I described it when I looked at Huckberry and their emails is that, they made me want, and that's the first time that I've received emails like that, that is like, oh my God, you're right. I don't even need that bag. I don't even need another tent, but I want one because of the way that they've put it out there. So yeah, big, big, big ups. People go. can do that. People can make me want to shop. I'm sold. So what if we jump from shopping to something a little bit, uh, you know, innovative, but a challenge here, uh, you know, so many natural disasters, uh, you know, I think that uh, I just read this morning that we're part of the sixth, we're entering the, the sixth extinction phase. Yes. And it would explain what's going on around the world, right? Earthquakes and mudslides and floods and tsunamis. Uh, the challenge with it all is that, you know, when you when something like that happens, what's the first thing that goes down is all communications or they get overloaded, right? All communications goes down. You cannot get a cell sign signal. You cannot get a phone line. You cannot get anything. In fact, all the only way that people can communicate in this way is by physical humans. I actually have to go and land in a place and, and help you. So the Red Cross is always looking for ways that are innovative, innovative ways to be able to communicate. And this is really where the power of mesh networks and a new, a new uh, offering called Ricci. It's a communication device for use in the aftermath of natural disasters. It's done by two students in Aalborg University in Denmark, and it literally uses the mesh, a mesh network. So, uh, you know, this is this is really, really good use of technology that brings together, uh, you know, solves a huge problem, and actually it does very good for the community and and the world. Uh, so, you know, the example that they give here in a story that I read on PSFK was that. Um, that the Philippines is struck by over 30 natural disasters each year, and they got the idea literally after the super typhoon Haiyan uh, hit in uh, 2013. And they went; these two students went to the hardest hit areas and asked Red Cross staff and volunteers what the biggest problems was, their biggest problems were, and 
really the biggest problem was that they couldn't communicate effectively. So they created this thing called the Ricci, and it's literally a, a mesh device that hangs around your neck and it communicates in a mesh network to each other. So when I send a message, it's just like telephone. It sends it to the next message, the next it hops just as a mesh network would do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's limited in its abilities, but it sends the, the, the messages, pre canned messages, whatever it is that you, you need to be able to send off through these. And now they're talking about issuing this to all, uh, hopefully, all Red Cross workers. So it's part of the training packages because one of the big things of mesh networks is that everybody needs to have one in order for it to work. There cannot be a yeah. gap. So here, here's a here's something where it's it's it is uh, you know if they issued to all Red Cross workers to see if this would be an amazing thing because then you you literally you would cover an area with these devices becomes a mesh network communications becomes a little bit easier, seamless, and the best part of this is that it's completely independent. It's off the grid for one thing, so it doesn't require cellular service or anything like that. It's also uh, solar powered, so it solar recharges by you know, and it's also and it's it can be. Uh, it's waterproof. There's no. It can withstand damage from like being dropped and exposure to sun, shock, water, whatever it might be. Uh, so this is. I, I can't believe that they don't have this. This is. This is amazing. 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 And uh, so it's going to be part of their training packages for the Red Cross and volunteers as well. We'll get them. I, and not only that, I think that it would tell you if somebody's. If, if there's a loop uh, somewhere in the loop that's down or hurt or something like that mm. as well. Just so great. So great. Great. Awesome. It's called the Ricci. Ricci. R E what is it? R E A C H I. Yeah, the missing link. So cool. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, our seventh story. Uh, back in December, uh, we covered a story that Snapchat had announced a new feature called Geo Filters. This is the idea that uh, when you post a photo uh, to Snapchat, you could you know, put this kind of location-based um, uh, filter on top of it to sort of indicate you know the location of where these photos were taken. Um, and it became a, it's become a pretty popular feature within Snapchat, uh, you know, millions of people are, are, are doing this all the time. Uh, they say over a million Snapchats a day are now decorated with a geo filter. Uh, so that's significant. And, uh, what Snapchat has realized is that, uh, not only is this something cool for people to do with their, uh, with their photos, but why not try and actually monetize our platform, um, you know, for a change. And um, you know, let's let's use this as a as a new uh, uh, ad structure. So basically, uh, they've turned geo filters into an advertising uh, uh, mechanism. McDonald's uh, was the first brand this week to use this. Uh, so basically, uh, fourteen thousand McDonald's stores have signed on to this. And so, when photos are taken uh, in uh, or near one of these McDonald's locations. A uh, geo filter uh, can be applied to this, um, and in the sort of watermark background of the filter is the you know the McDonald's logo or or whatever the case might be in terms of how however this filter works. But uh, it's it, they call it a sponsored imprint uh, in the geo filter, and and McDonald's pays for this uh, privilege. Uh, so it's a new way for uh, Snapchat Snapchat to generate revenue through geo filters. There you go. <laughs> so great. Because I, I want people to know that I'm snapping from, from McDonald's. Yeah. It's great. Is there, was there a benefit to the user? I don't think so. Not <laughs> okay. that I know. <laughs> like if I do that, if I opt into that, do I get some kind of discount or something like that? Maybe. That'd be good. That probably, maybe. It might be. Yeah. I, I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. All I saw was that uh, brands can now pay to have imprints on, uh, on the filters. And people and will leave in droves, right? 
Yeah, we'll Maybe. see. We'll see if they go from a million, uh, you know, filters a day down to uh, you know six. Yeah, if they or, go from uh, a billion people at, uh, who use the product down to nobody, you know, yeah, it's such a fine line, and we know this because monetization is very difficult. This whole issue with with uh, Taylor Swift and the you know the three month trial with Apple iTunes or Apple Music is that. You know, I think a lot of the artists, and I'm not one, I'm certainly not an artist, we create content, it's very difficult to turn revenue into, or content into revenue, and uh, for a long time, and I would say a relatively long time in the music industry, which is about 60 years, for example, maybe 50 years, because it's a new industry, it's relatively new, um, compared to, say, like prostitution, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying, right, uh, the, the, the challenge now is that the, the business model has definitely shifted, right, uh, you know, one of the most successful artists, recording artists of all time in the history of rock and roll is Bruce Springsteen, because he's one of the greatest on the planet ever invented, right, he, he was put on this planet to sing music, um, that man, uh, you know, when he tours, he generates, you know, three to four hundred million dollars a year in income, right, for his band and his bandmates, uh, and um, and during that period of time, he may do three to five million dollars in revenue in record sales, in album sales, right? So you know yeah. where the money is. It's not in the content. It's in the the. the it's almost like the music is the content is yeah. the content marketing, right? So you, it's in the show. It is. So it's in the show and the and the swag and and uh, it's t- ticket sales and and uh, and everything around uh, the paraphernalia around the concerts. So. You know, and everybody makes a lot of money there because you get, you know, pieces of the gate, you get pieces of concessions, all those kinds of things. So the idea that that people are going to boycott this uh, marketing vehicle, which is Apple Music, because they want to get paid is is completely short sighted. And I think it's just a it's 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 kind of crazy. Right, that that this is happening right now around around content, and and it, it's always going to be like that. Um, so when when you start to think about short sightedness of kind of putting advertising dollars around something like this that, that Snapchat is doing, I wonder if this won't hurt it uh, more than it'll 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 do good for them, because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, yeah. time will tell. All right, well, uh, time will tell about this idea, Asif. Um, you, <laughs> I, you know, I know. It's so frustrating to walk down the street, and I'm one of those guys sometimes. But at least I have the I have the good conscience. My mother taught me well that if I'm you know if I don't park my uh, shopping cart in the middle of an aisle, right? Because that's just absolutely rude. It drives me crazy, right? I don't uh, I don't block aisles. I don't block lanes. I don't. And so it would make sense that that people like when I'm texting, I literally when I'm walking, I'll pull over to the side, so I don't stop abruptly and people have to go around me I'll, I'll literally pull over to the side while i'm walking even um and i don't do it while i'm driving so but here, here's a here's a company uh based where, where are we doing this oh this is antwerp, antwerp. um okay. so this is a company called m lab that has it, it's it's a joke it's a marketing initiative um but uh they've created a the text walking lane throughout different areas of antwerp where people are it's a designated texting lane for walking and the whole idea is here that it's, it's one piece marketing, another to showcase, uh, you know, the fact that we are now addicted to, the, to these devices and, and we may actually need a lane to walk in so that we don't disturb, dis- disrupt or hurt other people as we're texting or hurt ourselves while we're texting. So you, you could, you could, you know, be endangering people, your life and other people's lives. And, um, and it's just to draw awareness to that because we don't want people walking across the street uh, while they're texting heads down. Um, and getting crushed by cars. So these guys created a text walking lane only in, in Antwerp. I don't think. Now, Washington apparently has has these lanes as well. Um, I don't know if it's a joke or not. Um, I take things in, in like that literally sometimes, maybe maybe a little bit too literally, because I could rip this a whole brand new one. We don't need a texting lane. We need just common sense in humans. So parents out there, 
teach your kids to not block grocery lanes. And when you're going to be texting and walking, pull over to the side. Don't stand in the middle of the street because nobody gives a damn about your texting requirements. Just get out of the way. Just go and text silently in a corner somewhere else. So I don't know. I see if this, this is a big joke. Right, but it's it, it's reached us. It's reached uh, you know media. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. marketing. It's marketing. Um, yeah, I, I I can't see this taking off. Um, you know, this is not you know like building a bike lane or I don't know if 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 uh, if you've been affected by this, Rob. But man, this this city in Toronto here, uh, the highways around here, the downtown, oh, yeah. everything right now has been you know Shut sort down. of commandeered for Pan Am games, yeah. uh, like, the, like the, the Highway 401, which is our big uh, highway that goes across the province, the biggest you know highway here, there are entire lanes now, uh, uh, HOV, high occupancy vehicle lanes that have been set up just for the Pan Am games uh, to move traffic in and out of the city and around, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, it's crazy, I'm not planning on going into the city as much. And so they say is that uh, if you, uh, it, it's great for the city and it's terrible for its residents. Yeah. Right. That's the so. Pan, Pan Am Games. I mean, that, think about see, when, if you guys actually get the Olympics there. Oh, and that, that's the thing now. But like, see, when you ha when you have the games like this, then everybody starts talking about, oh, look, Olympics. look, we're we're ready for the Olympics now. Yeah. Like, like no, you're, you're not. You're not ready for a typical rush hour in Toronto. How can no. you how can you bring in the Olympics? Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, it, it, you know what's great about it though is that you don't have to worry about like a Stanley Cup parade. Right? Yeah, you guys, you that, guys are that's just not, not likely ready. to happen in my lifetime. It's not likely to happen in your lifetime. You know, that might happen before the seventh extinction event, but <laughs> not, not, be, uh, not in time for the sixth. Probably. I think it would trigger the seventh extinction It might event. trigger, yeah. Would, like, that's, uh, the, the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup yeah. may actually do that. Yeah, I don't trigger, know. Trigger the seventh extinction. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, speaking of texting and biking and traffic lanes and motion in general, uh, our ninth story is uh, goods comes from our good friends at AdTile. These guys made a pretty big uh, move this week, a pretty big announcement, announcing something called the Motion Store. Uh, this is a uh, way for virtually anyone to build uh, sophisticated motion-based ads uh, that uh, are designed for uh, interacting with the world around us. So we've talked earlier about. Uh, uh, the work that the, the uh, Grid Skipper team is doing with Parkour Method. We mentioned uh, Sense360 uh, and what uh, Ellie's doing over there. And this sort of this move in general as an industry towards uh, leveraging the sensors in the mobile device. Uh, and in particular, what uh, AdTile is doing is focusing on making it easy for developers and for companies to just build ads that leverage these sensors. And so, um, Think of ads that respond to twisting, tilting, shaking, uh, you know, and that, you know, the, the ad unit basically is a responsive ad unit that factors in uh, the motion of the device in, in various ways. And so uh, basically the motion store is, uh, is a platform that allows you to create such ads in just literally minutes, no coding required, templates uh, have been created that eliminate the... Uh, the iterations and experimentation they say uh, with with rich media that's normally involved in this by creating these sort of templated ways for you to do this. Um, you, you basically select an ad uh, template from the Motion Store. It generates the HTML5 uh, five, uh, build for iOS or Android automatically. Works on any mobile browser or screen size. Uh, you can also it says request standard mobile web or MRAID tags for your ad server. And it comes with analytics uh, baked right in. 
on performance on this thing. What more can you ask for? If you need to build a motion ad, go to the Ad Tile Motion Store. Check it out. Ad Tile. They better show up at uh, Retail Local this year. Yes. <laughs> we, we want to see you in October. God. They're like, they're like our Snuffleupagus. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. They do such great work, and then they're like, poof. Well, they're so busy. Like, that's the thing. Like, they're, you know, I don't know. But anyhow, uh, Niles, great show job up. over there. We want to see you at Retail Local. If you don't show up, I'm going to stop praising you, even if you do amazing things. <laughs> she won't, but I will. Yeah, well, all right. All right. We have one more story. Well, yeah, and this is, uh, maybe this is, I don't know how to describe this other than how far they have fallen. I just finished Elon Musk's book, uh, his biography called Musk, and it's uh, literally about, uh, you know, Elon Musk, obviously. But I about, thought that was like a kind of cologne that you put on. <laughs> <laughs> it's musky sometimes. It's, it's musky. musky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, but this guy is like is like a, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a, we all know about Musk, but he's also it's, changing the way that space is, uh, is changing space quite literally changing space and he's you know he's putting rockets up into the space station and he's now he wants to get people uh, to mars and he's building this uh you know huge rockets that seat nine people that will take you to mars anyways so i blame him for this story and how far nasa has fallen and also may maybe huge cuts to their programming and and the lack of desire to get people in space but We'll blame Musk for this one. It's it's they're they're going from putting people on the moon. Quite they put people on the moon. NASA. This organization put people on the moon, and now they are going to become the air traffic controller for delivery drones. So these guys are actually looking at a traffic control system that would prevent low flying drones from colliding with people, with buildings other objects, other planes, uh, one another, and this is uh, somehow falling into the purview of NASA. NASA, the guys who put people on the moon, as my wife would say, allegedly put people on the moon, but I, mm. I believe it. But, um, but that's what they're doing. They're building a traffic control system for drones. They also intend uh, to help work, I mean, they're working with uh, as many people as they can, obviously, but they want to prevent um, UAVs from being used to uh, serendipitously film people and invade people's privacy and the like. But I cannot believe that they're doing this. They are now going to be building the system. And it's going to like use arrays, obviously, from like cell towers and and leverage other people's technology. But but this is NASA, damn it! This 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 is these are astronauts. These aren't drone pilots. And well, shouldn't this be held controlled by the guys who control all the airplanes in the air? Not, think, not NASA. Right? What is NASA doing in this business? Are they desperate? I'm with you, man. I, this this they, they have fallen far. They wow. have fallen far. I, I remember uh, last year I, I was at that. Uh, I spoke at that conference yes. at, uh, in DC on the, the smart on the conference. Yes. And uh, and one of the the head guys for NASA uh, was there, um, and they were talking about this this battle for funding, and uh, you know, and the fact that hey, we're we're not sending anybody into space uh, for the next little while, and so what are we gonna? You know, we've got all this other crazy stuff we're gonna be working on jet fuel. Um, innovations and whatever and whatever. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it was interesting because the funding discussion for NASA at this conference, uh, there was, you know, obviously this debate between the Republicans and the Democrats. Democrats are in power. Uh, the funding is what it is. Uh, and the Republican uh, guy got up and he basically, like, he said, look, you know, when Reagan was in power, you know, we, we did this, you know, and, 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 you know, like there was a dream and, 
you know, we, we gave Americans something to think about, about what was possible. And now, you know, all this, this space program does is kind of looks at available technology and says, let's just use it. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's give it a let, let, let's give it a vehicle for you know for for use instead of saying hey we want to be there Inspire. and let's go invent the technology to get us there we need a cold um, war man that's the problem we need a cold and, war uh, so it's an interesting debate right uh, about where organizations like NASA sit and uh, what their future uh, well, is you know what when you can commercialize it uh, and it's not been easy for uh, Musk to do it, it at all right people are thinking crazy how many people have the balls to go out and start to build a rocket. Right. Yeah. And and to do this and and to do it properly. So, um, but you need something like the only reason that the Americans got into space so so adamantly with uh, with JFK was because he wanted to beat the Russians. Right. This was all about um, you know the Cold oh, War. It's, it's the race, right? It is. And so now, uh, you know, I think it's going to take a country like India or a country like China to say, listen, we're going to send, and they've publicly stated this, we're going to send people to the moon from our countries and i think that that is something that will 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 it's not inspiration it's protectionism right it's it's uh and, and that's what's going to get the space race up again except for guys like musk who's saying listen you know what we need to build we don't have to get people on the moon we have to build a space station so we can do low orbit launches to mars and really test the boundaries of the human right. capability and get people to land on mars and live on mars and he's talking about terraforming mars inside of you know and and, and with the this extin- extinction event coming we Rob, need it man we need to be like getting ready to move to mars i mean like wow we got to think about this really seriously man we got to we got to figure out how to, how are we going to get to mars we got to be on that ship the first ship that goes to mars because of this asif i don't know what to do i'll tell you what yeah. If he can pull it off, you and I will record the very first podcast from, from Mars, Mars that, that <laughs> people have ever seen. It'll be nine months in the making. <laughs> I don't know, like when you think about space. Like we have heroes that we we've all come to uh, come to admire, and and Chris Hatfield is one of those guys. He's the, like he's the Canadian ambassador to space. I mean, he he was in charge. He was the commander of the ISS for six months. He is like he is a revered Canadian hero. My kids love him. My wife loves him. I love him. You love everybody. Loves this guy, um, and he's just a local Ontario guy who spent six months in space and turned it into something that was much greater and much more accessible. And and uh, I look at Musk and I look at what's going on, and then I look at what NASA is doing with drones. Like guys, pull your head out of your ass. You're NASA. You've built shit that's landed on the moon. You're the only people that have landed shit on the moon, right? But but you know something's going on over there when when you read okay now let's just bring this down to everyday life over here yeah. so baseball okay yes. baseball yeah. so there's this big scandal going on with the Astros and the Cardinals and you know <laughs> right. whatever right spying I love it right spying and apparently the guy who left the Cardinals organization to go over there um, who built their whole system like their their statistical data analysis system for drafts and everything else. It was a former NASA engineer. This guy left NASA because nothing was going on over there worth his time. So he had to go and work in baseball. (laughs) What does that tell you? Well, it tells on that, you that note, we can end the show. It tells you that baseball is an important institution and they're innovating. NASA is not. Well, 
NASA, you should shoot down drones. Then I get excited about that. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right. I see. That is the show. We don't have a resource. We don't have anything. I think we've done enough. Uh, we've talked enough about resources. Things that we didn't talk about this week were the well, we touched on were the Taylor Swift and the uh, and the Apple uh, challenge. We touched on this baseball challenge, which I think is fascinating. Right? To forget Deflategate. Talk about this Astros uh, Cardinals things because it has impact. Like the Cardinals have beat the Astros every time they've gotten into a playoff series. Why? Because they spy allegedly. Um, and uh, you've also found out that my wife doesn't believe that Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon. She thinks it was a, uh, a backlot uh, production. She believes in that conspiracy. So there's a good battle, as you can imagine, between my wife and myself around teaching, <laughs> teaching about space to my kids. Um, and that would be fun to record. And then, of course, we've touched on the top 10 stories. We'll be back next week. We have a, a unique show that we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to touch uh, some of the stories. It's going to slow down a little bit. But we're going to be looking at uh, location-based technologies that are going to uh, services and technologies that are going to help you plan and have an amazing summer holiday with your kids. Uh, so I think it's very timely. And we're going to look at doing a couple of more like that along the lines. So if you have a service, a product, an app, an idea, and you want that to be part of the show, this is your time to reach out to us, rob at untether.tv or seif at the lbma.com. And we will include it as a either a resource in our on our show notes or as something as that's part of the show. So don't hesitate. When you get this in your inbox, please respond right away. Let us know if you fit in that world and we will include you for sure. For sure. For sure. Asif, enjoy your week at home, my man. Thank you, sir. Enjoy it. And uh, don't drive your family too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you got to fit back into their routine. Remember that. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and to all those fathers out there. There's, there's still like a, a few days of normality. School's not out till Thursday. So. Uh, yeah, I know. And that's then it just, then all hell breaks loose. So yeah. enjoy, enjoy the four days of quiet. And to all the fathers out there, uh, living or not, uh, the influence that you've had on all of our lives and the influence that we continue to give send down to our kids uh, cannot be understated. Fathers are heroes. Mothers are heroes. And uh, hopefully you had a great day yesterday. We'll see you next week for episode number 240. Peace. See you later.